Welcome, everyone. This is Guardians of Lore with Episode 7. This week, we're going to be covering the Dawning Delights. And this is going to be Part 1, because there are a lot of entries in here. Um, uh, this is Hyven. This is Mrs. Hyven. And I am Hellamist. And thanks, you, thanks to everyone for tuning in. Uh, as far as just uh, general news to get started, uh, we are trying to work on doing a podcast every week. So at one point we were doing it every other, um, but we are giving a go for every week. So um, give us feedback if you are a fan of that. Um, you know, anything for, is our podcast too long, long, not long enough? Uh, <laughs> you know, any type of feedback anyone has about the podcast, please, please feel free to um, either send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com or we also have our Twitter at guardians underscore lore. Um, and also feel free also to give us reviews and star us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play because that recognition definitely helps us grow. Um, anything you guys want to add to any other news for us as a podcast? Nope. Um, as far as Twitter goes, so I guess yes, actually, I said nope. I meant to say uh, yes. As far as Twitter goes, um, I will be trying my best to respond quickly. Um, <clears throat> uh, however, please note that we are a three-person operation here. Uh, so anything that gets sent in regards to you know, potential requests or whatever does have to go out to everyone. So if I don't respond to you right away, uh, just know it could be because I'm potentially sending them to everyone else. But I will definitely try and reach out as best as I can. Yes, if it's not known, Mrs. Hyven is our Twitter organizer, so she is doing a fine job. I like to call um, myself the social media coordinator. Sounds see, a little fancier, see, I don't but even know. I don't even know only, what that is. So you got <laughs> we that. only have That's Twitter, so, you know. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, I mean, social media coordinator, I mean, that that's something nice to put on your resume, you know? Right? I should get business <laughs> cards. <laughs> you should, right? That's funny. Yep. So that's what's up with the podcast. We're going to be hopefully bringing you guys weekly podcasts. As far as stuff that's been going on in Destiny, well, in general, we have the Dreaming City. Mara finally came back, and she was freaking mad. You guys may have seen either through your own gameplay or it's been on YouTube from certain people. Uh, she went off on Ghost because Ghost has been talking about how absent and practically useless she has been lately. That was interesting. Yeah, you guys have any thoughts about on, that? People's responses on Twitter to that uh, gave me a pretty good chuckle. I got some, I saw some that were just basically like, who the F do you think you are, Mara? This is my ghost. And I'm, right? I'm we're the just sitting person silent. I'm the kind of person who's just sitting there going, um, he kind of deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> he does, he does. But I, I totally understand the sentiments, I suppose, from both sides. But hopefully... That story continues to play out pretty exciting because I feel like something's going to happen eventually. Um, but I also have a feeling we probably have a little while to wait. We have all these new season pass DLCs. So I look forward to this continuing to play out. But I will. it definitely keeps me uh, tuned in to that portion of uh, Dreaming City every week. That's definitely a cool little thing. <clears throat> also, Niobe Labs was released. I'm sure anyone actively playing Destiny knows that. Uh, it was originally 
a long puzzle to unlock the Bagusia Forge for everyone to play. However, after about 28 hours straight from some streamers trying to crack the puzzle, they could not beat it, and Bungie decided to open the forge. Um, just due to the fact that a lot of people were frustrated that they uh, couldn't engage in the activity for you know another two days from when they thought it was going to. Um, so, I mean, it's pros and cons. I know some of the, me personally, I was watching the streams. I know that some of the people watching were, you know, kind of a little upset with the fact that the streamers had done so much work to unlock it. But at the same time, I think the average player definitely, uh, I personally thought it was a good call so that people could get in and uh, start on the new quest for the sniper and finally finish the mysterious box and that kind of stuff. But uh, props, because I do believe Glad um, finally was the first to actually beat the Niobe at Niobe Labs. And that was yesterday. So, um, mad props to everyone who gave a hand on that. Um, it's still something that can still be done if you want an emblem and a shape. Uh, what is it? What is it again? Ghost. Emblem and a ghost. Yes, there's a ghost shown in emblem if you do want to do that. But otherwise, you can skip it. And the Guzia Forge is pretty cool. Uh, Elemist, have you uh, played much to get the sniper? I have. I'm stuck on the rare bounty portion of it right now because. I have to do 50 charges, and that's just taking forever. <laughs> you got really unlucky with that rare bounty. Yeah, I just got mine last night. I Fortunately, my rare bounty was just Arc Solar and Void Kills, so I was able to finish that fairly quick. But it is pretty fun, so definitely finish that thing up. Yep, but that basically covers uh, anything that we've we want to point out for what's going on in Destiny. Um, so we'll go ahead and get into our topic at hand. Um, so this is the Dawning Delights book. So just based off our last podcast, I'm sure we're all familiar with Eva Levante now. Um, mm-hmm. So the Dawning just recently happened. It was the winter event. And this podcast will be less about Eva, but a little bit more about kind of the the holiday itself. A lot about, I guess, how she decides what kind of treats to bake for everyone. Um, yeah, and um, I think we have... Treats for almost every vendor? We have treats for every vendor except Brother Vance. Because yeah, he's forget Mercury. Yeah, Mercury. What did he do? Did he piss her off or something? Uh, he's an Osiris fanboy. Just... Yeah, he's an odd fellow. He def he, he literally runs a cult, so uh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started then. I'm going to be starting with a lore card called Lighter Days. I've known Zavala a long time, you know. He was one of the first people to greet me when I arrived at the tower all those years ago. Though I suppose greet may be too soft a word. It implies a sort of friendliness, a warmth. And Zavala, if you've never met him, he can be a bit stern. He's hardened further since the Red War, I'm sorry to see, though I suppose we all have, to some degree. In any case, that very first meeting left a sour taste in my mouth. I hate to admit that I avoided Zavala when I could after that, though sometimes he makes himself unavoidable. It wasn't long after this meeting that I celebrated my first dawning at the Tower. Everyone's spirits were high, and it was so nice to see the people I had come to care about smiling and toasting each other. 
I remember Tess and I had just finished with a bit of decorating, and she had left to get something when Zavala began heading my way. Oh no, I thought. Oh no, not this man. Ah, uh, but he came over anyway, so I smiled and wished him a happy dawning, because I did wish the good things for him. It is often the sternest among us who hold the saddest hearts. He wished me the same. And then, I almost couldn't believe it. He smiled! We exchanged some brief pleasantries, and I don't remember what I said that brought this on. But suddenly he said, oh, this that reminds me of a joke. A joke? At first I thought I must have heard him wrong, because... The Titan Vanguard had always stuck me as the no-time-for-joking sort. But he had barely begun telling this story before I noticed how much more relaxed his posture was. It seemed the spirit of the dawning had reached even this stone man. I remember only pieces of the joke these days. I believe it had to do with a guardian and a fallen captain but I clearly remember that he stumbled over the first few words and had to start again. I gave the warmest smile I could to encourage him, and he went on to tell one of the longest, most awkward jokes I have ever heard. And listen, I loved every minute of it. Truly, I couldn't have been more happier. Oh, I clapped and laughed along with what I swear was real, true joy from Zavala. To have such a guarded soul open like that, few things are more beautiful. I admired him so in that moment that he could push himself beyond the boundaries he'd held himself to. I remember hoping that I could someday be so brave in my own way. For the first time, I didn't just respect him as one of the city leaders. For the first time, I felt real, genuine affection for Zavala, the person. Zavala, my friend. He has been dear to my heart ever since. And we obtained that by giving him Gallardoodles. Alright, well, <clears throat> I really like this card. Just because I love how quickly he kind of opened up to her. And if you remember the dawning in D1, like she knew crazy things about Zavala. Like he enjoyed knitting and gave him a scarf as his gift. And that's always made me laugh to this day because Zavala totally is such like a military man, which, you know, it's to be understood. But uh, I totally can imagine him being the most awkward person ever. Telling a joke that's not actually a joke. I'm sure we all have that one friend, or at least one friend, where they try to tell you a joke, and it's just this long story, and when it's all said and done, you're not quite sure what you were supposed to laugh at. <laughs> but you enjoy them. And that's the vibe for me. do you and I have that same one friend? We do have that friend. <laughs> we do have that one friend. I hope he's listening and knows we're thinking of him. I hope so, too. <laughs> In some circles, I think I am that friend. <laughs> I am a horrible explainer, I know that for sure. So, But that's more yeah. serious topics. I'd be a horrible teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like this, too. I like 
getting to see her initial friendship with him. And I don't know. After last week, Eva's just so, I don't know. I feel like she can just do whatever the heck she wants. So to see her as kind of this, um, oh, geez, can't even think of the word. My brain just completely blinked on me. Just kind of fresh and. Yeah, like green. New to the Singer yeah, green. green. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's interesting, you know. Yeah, just... you only know her as. You know her all now in D two as this person who's going through all this craziness. And I I do like that they did give a little shout out to that. She talks about how Zavala has become hardened, um, since the Red War, and she now acknowledges, she supposes they all are, which I thought was, kind of fitting. But also the fact that. <laughs> You can. I would say that she's maybe starting to get over it a little bit. Just the fact that she's not like dwelling on that. She's sitting there recounting all these good memories at this point uh, about yeah. you know past time. So it's really nice to see how uh, her attitude has definitely improved now that she's back in the tower and she's definitely a lot happier. Yeah, definitely. And I just, I just really appreciate the fact that we have stern, awkward Zavala. And she's like recounting this this time that he's actually smiling and telling a joke. And it, it's something we've like our guardian has never seen. Yeah. Good point. We've made Zavala happy, but never that kind of happy. Right. <laughs> Just proud of us for punching people in the face. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny, too. You know, I think we also all know that person that like. I don't know. For me, it was at work. My boss, when I first started working there, he seemed like so scary. And then I would see these little moments of these like jokes. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, Even better example, my father-in-law used to think he was the most terrifying person, uh, only to find out (laughs) he is literally the goofiest person I have ever met in my entire life. But it's funny to look back and think about how scared I used to be of him. <laughs> I think that's normal, though, you know. Uh, let, let me guess. Big, burly man, and then all of a sudden he just goes, oh, yuck. He just looks no, so serious. not burly at all. It's just, yeah, he just looks oh. so serious. And I don't know. He's got he's got the the wise eyes. And I don't know if you're familiar with what I call the yarmulke balding patch in the back of the head. Oh, where, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got that. I don't know. It just everything about him just seems like this wise, take no crap old man. But he actually. My dad's actually a big crap. nerd, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he seems serious because he's own he's in his own head most of the time. Yeah. And then when he's not, he's usually it's because he's trying to think of stupid jokes. Kind of like yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Father is yeah. confirmed. So it's just kind of funny because I think uh, you can see later in the card too, like you know how afterwards like that relationship has changed and everything and and it's just it's funny because you you do get those kind of um first impressions of people i suppose we can move on to our next card Alrighty, this one is called tradition is bigger than you when tess told me that the frames had organized the donning and the new tower while i was all the way out at the farm I thought, how could they do that without me? Then I said, Eva, these traditions are bigger than you. 
They live in the hearts and minds of the people who have passed, passed them on generation after generation. Now I am back in the tower, helping to create the loveliest dawning celebration yet. And I carry on a tradition I am sure to repeat every year. I ask Ikora to make the dawning crystal, and I ask until she does it. I make an appointment to discuss the decorations, but I know she's always very busy with urgent Vanguard business. That is why when I approach her alcove and I hear low voices, I don't barge right in. I just peek a little bit. Ikora is muttering. She sounds almost angry. Dawning decorations? I've got no time for frivolous. A male voice says, it's not frivolous. People need this. I understand that it's hard for you because it's the first dawning without Kay. Stop talking, Ophigius, right now. I do not see who Ikora is talking to or recognize his name, but Ikora's voice is sharp. I have other concerns. What about the latest reports out from the Tangled Shore? I don't know what to make of them. And my hidden have reported trouble brewing closer to home. I notice her eyes drift across the main passageway to a secluded nook with a partially closed gate. Yes, Ikora, but... And there's never any word from Osiris. Not that I expect it, but... She shakes her head. With respect, why not just message him? Perhaps I just don't have the time to... She pauses. Eva Levante! I make sure to tread loudly and rustle my sheaf as of dawning crystals sign as I enter. Why have her thinking I was eavesdropping? Ikora watches me, her arms crossed. Her ghost hovers by her ear, whirring with alertness. Happy dawning, Ikora Ray, I begin. She can tell by my big, bright smile and the firm way I spread out the design for her to pick from that I will go faster if she says yes. She respects our tradition, though she says no twice. Then she says fine, Eva, fine. She does not believe the crystal matters, though she avoids my gaze. But her ghost, I see his eye blink at me. The design she promises to make is exquisite. We agree to meet again when she finishes it. I join her in the bazaar while running errands with my assistant, Malaya. So many last-minute tasks. When we march up, Ikora and her Ophicius are huddled together. She keeps shaking her head, but still she lifts her arms and suddenly an enormous dawning crystal winks into being in the skies above the tower, like a million diamonds suspended in air. Malia gasps. She has never been so high in the tower, nor seen the dawning crystal up close. Only from the city far below, she drops all the packages she was carrying. The warlock vanguard helps Malia pick them up, piling one parcel on top of another until she realizes Malia is still a stone, kneeling, watching her, watching her hands that had kindled light from air. The poor girl's scared face is slick with tears, and she wipes them with her sleeve, but the tears will not stop. Malia's family escaped the city during the Red War, you see. Though they survived and have a home again, they, there have never been many beautiful things in their lives. Malia touches Ikora's arm and mouths, thank you. Her cheeks flush red 
as a pincushion. Then I kneeled too, a bit slowly nowadays, to take the packages for my Cora. All but one, bound in golden ribbon and embossed with an open eye encircled by a sun, I nod and press it into her hands. Then I hear that ghost of Icora's whisper, I told you so, and Icora replied, so you did. And the treat we get for that is Traveler Donut Holes. Oh, I couldn't help but cry at the end there. That that was good. That was heartwarming. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Every year, I always look at the crystal. I tell Mrs. Hyven she's got to come see the dawning because it's always really beautiful. <laughs> and I can imagine that, like, real life standing. Well, seeing that from the city, you know, would be awesome. But then, like, going and seeing it. Right there in front of you, I could see how that would be pretty moving, you know, because it symbolizes something beautiful and it's beautiful itself. And I I love this because at the very beginning of the card, Eva is almost offended that the dawning was done without her and then remembers that it's bigger than her. And I think this is such a beautiful example of why it's bigger than her, how it truly affects all of these people and why it was so needed right after the Red War, even though she wasn't there. Those people needed that tradition. They needed that stability, that beauty to just kind of set aside everything bad that was going on or had gone on and just take a moment to celebrate something happy. Yeah, exactly. I also really, really love a nod to her sewing when she says that her cheeks flush red as a pin cushion. Um, especially because when you think of that classic pin cushion, you know, uh, I don't know how the many people out there, grandma, yes, grandma said it was that red tomato. Um, whether it was a big one, a little one, it was the red tomato. That's what I was thinking. So you can just, you can just picture it so well. And I, I think that's such a great little sentence. Yeah. And see, I hadn't even picked up on that. That was a good catch. It's the seamstress in me. <laughs> yeah, like I like a lot of the little nods to stuff though. Uh her I have the my fact own that she tomato. <laughs> that my mom had too. I like <laughs> the fact that she talks about how, you know, she kneels a little more slowly these days. Um you know, we have the nod to the fact that she was gone for so long. You know, the frames doing everything. Um so I, it, once again I like how everything ties together so nice. Um yeah, that's really all I, I had for it. It was a good card. I have one more comment, actually, that I'm just kind of now seeing that I think is just another beautiful thing about Eva. <clears throat> so she doesn't get mad with Ikora when she overhears Ikora basically dissing everything she feels is important right now. And I think it's because she knows Ikora needs this, whether Ikora realizes it or not. Um. And it's just, it's interesting as you read through the card. I mean, you're seeing everything that Ikora is stressed over. And so to Ikora, this one extra little thing just is just so pointless. And so as she calls it, frivolous. Um, and then the mention of Cade, which is exactly why Eva came yeah. back, which is exactly why Eva feels like she needs to be doing the dawning to give once again, this brightness, this happiness to all the people that they needed just like it was done after the Red War, because this tradition is what helps them. And so <clears throat> I just thought that that was interesting. And we see how it truly does brighten her spirits 
at the end of the card. Well, and especially with the fact that, I mean, that's still a sore spot for Ikora, the whole yeah. bit about, you know, this being the first dawning without Cade. I mean, she's still mourning at this point. Exactly. So, like, this was needed, whether she realizes it or not. Yeah. And I like that, too. It brings out that the example of Malia, even people who whose families and who survived, they still just needed the beautiful things, just, you know, a sense of getting back to normal. So I really like that, you know, it's not just for those who have lost stuff, but just in general, you know, everyone needs this lighter mood. So even us as, a, as players, it's kind of nice, you know, everything's so serious. And then we have this, these festivals or events every once in a while where it's kind of just you can goof around and have fun throwing snowballs in the tower. So it's fun. Yeah. I like that they do the events. I just, I don't know, they're, they're super cute. <laughs> like we said last time, the one around Valentine's Day that just turns everything all pink and red and pretty. That's my favorite. <laughs> all right. And we are on Dawning Before the Dawning. Amanda once told me that her mother, Nora, came from desert people. In a place far, far from here. Nora had been on the road since she was a girl. Sometimes with nothing more than an old scribbled map and that shotgun of hers. She didn't need much, but she did need people. Nora met Amanda's father in some half-abandoned village. And when she told him about the last safe city, well, he followed her. They had no family but themselves. They picked up fellow refugees on the way. Lost others. Then they had their precious little girl. It must have been a slow, slow road. First with a little baby, then with a young child. They believed. They had hope. They pushed on. Amanda told me about one particular dawning they had shared out in the wilds. They had fallen in with another family that had a child, Lucia, a bit older than little Amanda. They were agreeable travel companions. They found themselves in the thick of the forest, with the wind wailing, a storm coming down, branches flying, and realized they had to stay put. So they find the wreckage of a dropship, lean up a wing and crumpled siding, and squeeze all the grown-ups and the little ones into the dry space under the rusted hull. Then Amanda's mother says, We'll be here a while. Might as well do something to keep our spirits up. She sends the adults out foraging for something to eat, something to drink, and something to keep dry. Amanda's father comes back with long-leaved plants to weave into mats. Their companions return with full water flasks, some prickly fruit, and a dozen or so wild vegetables like cucumbers, with dried fish from their packs. It is quite a feast. As the adults are working, Lucia is curling the rinds from the fruit into little flowers. But little Amanda is kicking her legs, restless. Make yourself useful. Make some decorations. Amanda's mother urges her. She hands Amanda wires and nuts and bolts and a circuit board full of lights. Lucia comes jumping, an old battery in her hand. Together, the girls make miniature garlands of tiny light bulbs. And Lucia shows Amanda how to touch the wires to the battery to make them light up. Bright little lights in the vast, dark forest. Amanda told me about the fruit, soft white flesh and a sour taste. She told me about how they sang, made up songs together with no words, 
just humming and tapping out a beat on the metal walls of their shelter. She doesn't know what that fruit was. Maybe it does not exist anymore. The other family? They got separated from Amanda's people. Later on, Amanda's parents? Gone, like so many others on the road to the last safe city. But Amanda Holiday still makes the lights, you know? Uses spare odds and ends to decorate her workshop. She does it every dawning. Her gift to her was cookie ship, chocolate ship cookies. I love the pun. The cookies. Chocolate ship cookies. Yes, since we're such a <clears throat> pun-filled lore podcast lately, it was it was fitting for us. <laughs> a lot of more galadoodles made me laugh too, but. Oh yeah, galadoodles are but they're. Okay, I guess they're an obvious one to everyone else but me. That took explaining, I'll be completely honest. Gallarhorn was like the best rocket launcher ever in D1. <clears throat> yeah, that took some explaining for me. <laughs> so bringing it back to this card, I love how it's showing even Amanda at a, an early age just tinkering. Yeah, I like that. You know, nuts and bolts and circuit boards. Right? I love how she said, decorate something. Here, have a circuit board. <laughs> That's right. so perfect. That also shows, I love how she says even today, she kind of just puts stuff from, you know, pieces of stuff here and there, wires, circuit board, lights, nuts and bolts. Um, you know, it just it has that equality. I feel like Amanda can put, like, make something out of anything, which is definitely something she would have had to pick up on the road because they probably wouldn't have had a lot of material. And of course, the fact that Eva has such a good memory. She remembers these stories. She definitely, this all these cards really show that she shows a lot of interest in everyone personally. Shows a lot of good character. Well, and it shows that everybody matters to her. Yeah. I mean, if you hear the story of somebody who, who you know, you're just passing by on the street, you're going to forget it about 20 minutes later. Yeah. So this just proves how much everybody means to her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we learned last week that she's an incredibly caring and compassionate person. Um, she's even a random stranger. So I'm sure when it comes to her friends and close, close people, you know, that she keeps in her lives, um, that's, you know, 10 times over. Um, yeah. I want any, any guesses on what this fruit was? What fruit don't they have anymore? Probably most fruit. Pineapple? What? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, our soft white flesh was... and sour taste. I really don't know. Soft white flesh? Maybe. I mean, some pineapples look white and, you know, but that's not if they're, I don't know. Well, and I was. And they'd be more sour if they were white. Sour bananas, non-ripe bananas. I was also going off the fact that prickly. There was, was a, a scannable on Titan that talks about oh, how yeah. you know all these other made-up fruits are totally all right, but pineapple? What the heck is pineapple? <laughs> yeah, that was the one a... fruit the inside of a dragon fruit aren't they like prickly on the outside and soft and white on the inside 
don't know what they taste like though. Um, they come in all kinds of colors. They can also be bright purple on the inside, so I doubt it's gonna be dragon. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm we'll st- never know. I'm still stuck on, you know, a met uh, Nora's totally shotgun. I'm still stuck yeah. on Nora's shotgun, the chaperone. That's the chaperone. That is the gun that we get from the quest from Amanda. In D1, it was much longer quest, and we got a little bit more of the background, but that is her mother's shotgun that she remade for us in memory well, of her mother and was given as a, a prize to a winner of a contest by Tex Mechanica. It's not necessarily the exact shotgun. No, she says that she remade it yeah. in memory. Yeah. That, and I mean, I'm sure back before the City Age... People just kind of scrounged whatever guns or gun parts they could. Um, yeah. And the one that we get, it's all pretty and made up by yeah. Tex Mechanica. Yeah, I mean, even just the thought that who knows what the original shotgun was made out of, but Tex Mechanica sponsored the crafting of this new shiny pretty one. Yeah. It's a fun shotgun, specifically in Crucible. We went all over the place on that card. Shotguns, fruit. <laughs> Light bombs. I like it. Right. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> the next card is It's the Feeling That Counts. Some residents of the tower have been around for very long indeed. The Guardians, the Exos, the old Iron Lord. They have seen dawning after dawning, even before the tower be- began observing the holiday as we know it. There were those who would always celebrate with similar ceremonies of light and hope. Sometimes, these memories blend together, but the feeling, the feeling remains. This dawning season, last week, the week before, I can't even remember. (laughs) One of my suppliers tells me they had two of my boxes delivered to the gunsmith by mistake. So I go to see Banshee44 to sort it all out. The Exo has no recollection of a delivery, but he recognizes me, and I notice his eyes glow a teensy bit brighter. Must be about the dawning, he mumbles, and he turns on his heel and heads straight to some shelves at the back. He returns with two big boxes. These them? He asks. We open the first one up. Inside, we find a very, very old box of chocolates, many different portable kits for cleaning weapons, a copy of Hunter of the Heart. I know this novel, but it is not for everyone. A necklace with a bullet pendant tucked with care into a little box. Stacks and stacks of dawning greeting cards. I shake my head gently. Those are presents people have given you for the Donning Banshee. The gunsmith blinks a couple of times. Then he closes the carton. I worry he should have thrown away the chocolates, but maybe next year. And then he turns to the other one on the counter. He lifts the cover. It is full of Donning gifts, wrapped in brightly colored paper and tied with glittery ribbon. Some are in tiny boxes, but some are guns, of course. They are all meticulously labeled. I think these are the presents you were giving out to friends this year. No? I ask with a wink. Banshee gives one brisk nod as he turns over the labels, reading them. 
I observe that some have detailed instructions. The Exo shrugs. Got in the habit of writing everything down. Sometimes I... I don't always remember. He waves the thought away. Right. I still need my supplies? The boxes I came to get? I nudge him. He tilts his head a moment and finally raises a finger. Oh, I know where they are. But before he takes away his boxes, I tap the covers. You should label them old dawning gifts. New dawning gifts to be delivered. He nods at me and scribbles on the lids. I never forget my friends for the dawning. He makes sure to tell me as he hands me my packages. I'm very glad. Happy dawning, Banshee, I reply, squeezing his arm. I do hope he remembers to get rid of those chocolates. And that was obtained by giving him telemetry tapioca. Very nice. I really like Banshee, so this is a fun card. Uh, he's so comical, but he's, it's also so sad. All his memory wipes have really taken a number on him. But uh, I love how he doesn't remember anything about a delivery, but he just knows that he has some type of packages related to the dawning. And it sounds like he's had these boxes. I just love that he has these boxes out, an old box of chocolates. This must have been like last year's chocolates box. Just been storing forever. Like he's had that at least for a year. I wonder how many. <laughs> if it's the same box every year, he just throws stuff inside and forgets about it. Oh, imagine if that box of chocolates is like five years old. That's right. I, I, that's that'd be really bad. Chocolate starts to look speckled after a certain period of time. It'll lose its color completely and look like almost white. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> Can you tell that I've had a box of chocolates laying around for too long before? <laughs> oh, jeez. What do we think copy of Hunter of the Heart is about? Not a novel for everyone. Or is it just the fact that it's about hunters? We know hunters aren't for everyone. <laughs> no, it sounds like, um, I don't know. A romance know, like, novel? Yeah, like with like Fabio <laughs> on the front of them. <laughs> right. This is like a really buff hunter. <laughs> right. Uh. A hunter standing there with two knives, arms crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Rambo kind of thing. Yep. And for anyone who doesn't know, if you've ever wondered uh, why Banshee is so forgetful, the reason his name is Banshee 44 is because he has had his memory erased and reloaded 44 times. And every single time there's degradation. So uh, unfortunately, mm. he is, I do believe, the. Um, Exo with the most number of reboots that we know of. So that's why he is yeah. so forgetful. I don't know how much about Exo we've talked about there, Mrs. Hyven. I don't remember if we've talked about that or not, actually. Touch on it just a tish. Um, I do like this card. He kind of just feels like that old man looking around for his glasses when they're on top of his head the whole time. Yeah. It is depressing, though, sometimes, because <laughs> when, when Kay died, he asked us to avenge him. And then when you finally do and you show him the weapon, he basically says, like, awesome, good job. And then he pauses for a second and it's just like, hey, have you seen Kate around anywhere? And it's just oh. like, oh. Yeah, he's like, now you feel heart. like he's the old man with dementia. Like It is kind of. That is, unfortunately, uh, what Exos get as they get older. That is so 
heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, not, a cool not so much as they get older, but like as they get some... more memory wipes. Yeah, which I would assume come with time, though. I, although not necessarily. That's a good point. We don't quite know exactly what constitutes a memory wipe, but that is a whole podcast. Hopefully, we will get into soon. Exos. Yeah. This next one is me. Let's see. It is called Our Choices Define Us. Sometimes when I face something frightening, I think of the strongest people I know and draw strength from them. Soraya Hawthorne is one of those people. I know her brusque attitude can be off-putting, and that's intentional on her part. Once you get past that, there's so much more to learn. She was orphaned as a young girl, and Devram and Mark took her in. Honestly, I think having these two as role models is part of why she's as strong as she is. They raised her to be sure of herself and to always do what she thought was right, even though that ultimately led her to having to leave the city. As Soraya tells it, she came home one day to find Mark and Devram sitting at the kitchen table, as though expecting her. They had her sit down, then asked if there was anything she wanted to tell them. She shook her head, nope. Mark asked her to try again, but she was silent. So he told her that executor Hideo had stopped by their home. She asked how he was. You know how he is, Devon said. Tell us what happened. His face got in the way. Mark took a deep breath and said, Hideo claimed to have caught her stealing supplies that morning. And did she have anything to say about that? She did not. He reminded her that stealing supplies and breaking a faction leader's nose were both good ways to get kicked out of the city, and Soraya could keep quiet no longer. She almost shouted her explanation. The factions didn't care about the people who needed food and supplies, the people who could not pledge to a faction because they were too busy struggling to survive. She wanted to help them, so she would sometimes steal supplies from New Monarchy. Deborah asked, what about Hideo? Soraya rolled her eyes and groaned, explained that when Hideo had found her, he, he'd said all manner of nasty, evil things to her. She was worthless. She was nothing. Things like that. Devam agreed Hideo was, well, I won't repeat it, but suffice it to say, it means an unpleasant person. He held a lot of influence, though, and he was insisting Soraya be punished, harshly. For Soraya's part, this seemed to crystallize something. She tells me that the f- that's the first time she knew she wanted to leave the city. That perhaps this had been part of why she'd punched Hideo. She told her guardians, and they couldn't believe it. They were quiet for a bit. Then Devon broke the silence. Well, let's get packed. No, she said, absolutely not. She was not about to let her decisions hurt these men who had taken her in and cared for her. They'd done nothing wrong. Oh, they fought her. As she tells it, they argued a long time, until finally she shrugged and said, If you try to come with me, I'll run away. She suspected they knew there was no bluff to call, 
as they spoke now in tired, worried voices, making their case one last time. Soraya was adamant. I won't let you suffer for my choices. What could they do? She asked when she had to leave. Mark said he could hold off Hideo for a day or two, so they could all make a plan. His voice became stern again, and he said, You're going somewhere close enough that we can come and check on you as often as we like. At least for a while. That is non-negotiable. He had no negotiating power, of course, but Soraya had agreed. She stayed very near the city for over a year before saying proper goodbyes and heading out further into the world. Soraya Hawthorne is, in my mind, the definition of doing what you think is right, regardless of the consequences. She knew it was right to help struggling families. She knew it was right to not put Devram and Mark in harm's way. And she knew it was right to give them some peace of mind by staying close. That is the kind of true courage I have always admired. And for this one, we have Elixney Birdseed. I like that. Everybody's familiar with Soraya being the, the clan person and Devram being the vendor on Earth. Mark... We have yet to actually see, but Devram always mentions his partner, Mark. Yeah, as I was just going to say, there's plenty of witty banter between Soraya and Devram. This just kind of helps to paint a picture that the reason is because Devram didn't just, just watch her grow up, but for a time kind of raised her. So there's definitely a close bond those two have, which is why they're joking so much. Yeah, I love this card. Uh it's beautiful. She was orphaned. She was raised, raised properly to the point where she had strong beliefs that she really wanted to fight for um, and wanted to take care of others in the same way that she had been taken care of. It shows that they were, they really were really good role models for her. Yeah. And let's be honest, I'm sure New Monarchy could spare some stuff. Uh, New Monarchy has plenty of things, but also Hideo himself It was before he was the vendor for, well, the I guess the executor for New Monarchy, he was just a like a rich business dude. He made a whole lot of money, so I doubt he was really hurting. This is straight Robin Hood stealing stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. Yeah, and and this card just proves how much of a tool Hideo is. Right, just gets pissed and gets her kicked out of the city. Yeah, she knew the right person to punch, though, man. Like she said. She- she did it because she wanted, I wanted to, go, to leave. Probably. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, hey, if you're going to leave, punch the one guy that sucks the most. <laughs> exactly. Go out in a flame of glory. <laughs> right. Dead Orbit wanted to run away anyway, so they would have just ran away. Um, and she's not punching Lakshmi because who knows what would happen to you if you go against future work on, man. They'll go into a timeline where you don't exist. <laughs> Crazy kind of stuff. <laughs> All right, and then I'll move on to extended family. Oh, Devram, who can meet Devram and say they don't like him? He looks out for others and helps anyone who asks. I saw him many times after I made my way back to the farm. He'd come by from time to time to check in on everyone and make sure everything was going all right. We even sat down to tea a few times 
Such a kind, sincere soul. We need more of those, you know? We talked many times about the war, and he tried so hard to convince me to arm myself. You've seen what's out there, he would say, as though I might have forgotten. We argued about it time and time again. I had jobs that didn't require fighting, I would explain, and that was intentional. My strongest contributions lay elsewhere, and I meant to keep my focus there. I remember one conversation in particular where Devram was absolutely adamant. Eva, he finally said, louder than I think he meant to. His eyes were urgent, almost angry, as they locked on mine. This isn't some what-if situation. You've already had to defend yourself. It stands to reason you'll have to again. The cabal aren't backing down, and they're not the only threat. To know all that and still not even try to protect yourself? It's unresponsible. Yes, I had to fit in myself, and I had hated everything about it. Devram, I kept my voice soft, my words clear. The fighting, the shooting, the mayhem. That's not what I want to be part of. I've seen enough. If it comes for me again, and I agree, it could, so be it. I want to be part of the healing. I want to be part of what builds us back up. Don't we need that? Poor Devram finally stopped trying to convince me. He never stopped checking in, though. Old habits, as they say. When I finally came back to the tower, though, what do you think was waiting for me? Dawning Festival was just the beginning, and the postmaster had a package for me. Inside, a beautiful sidearm, ornate design, antique coloring, and a note. From Devram, of course. At first, I was indignant. After all our conversations, I had half a mind to simply throw this gun away. Instead, I read the note. Eva, my friend, I was sorry to hear you'd left the farm after all. But very glad to know you'll be among dear friends. In that spirit and in the spirit of the dawning, I wanted to offer you this gift. This is been passed down through my family for generations. It's a K family heirloom, and before you throw it away, you should know that it doesn't fire. I thought this might be a nice compromise, and I hope you'll accept it. I hope the tra tower treats you well, old friend. Devram. I read the note a few times, then folded it and put it in my pocket. I looked down once more at this beautiful heirloom, a symbol of friendship, of family, and reflected on the fact that somehow, despite everything, I had managed to rediscover both. This was obtained from Gentleman's Shortbread. Perfect with tea. <laughs> I like this. I also like that his gift was Gentleman's Shortbread because he, he was such a gentleman with her. Um, yeah. I love that we see in the previous card how he takes care of Soraya. Um, but, you know, now in this card we see how He's constantly checking with a friend and, and just checking up on her. And um, I love at the end how, first of all, I love at the end how she says she's going to throw it away and he knows it. That's <laughs> um, humorous. Right. But, uh, but also what that heirloom stood for to her. Like she said, a symbol of friendship and family and then realized how she had managed to rediscover both. It kind of was this um, tangible thing that helped her to see 
the journey that she had gone on um, and getting back to the tower. Yeah. Yep, it makes you happy once again, just to see how happy she is doing the the dawning. This was totally something she needed as an individual, just as much as everyone else did. Definitely put her back up on her feet. Well, they love. Yeah, she talks about wanting to be part of the healing, and it's funny because it's I I think she realized that everybody else needed it once she finally realized that not only does she need it, but she deserved to be part of it, Um, and you know to no longer be hiding away at the farm, but to get out there and to do something for her and all of this for others and. It's just, it's a nice, I'm really enjoying this book after last week and, and just learning how much she's been through and how she feels these days. It's it's nice to know how her life is progressing forward in such a loving way, surrounded by friends. Well, and, and like the ironic thing to me is in Destiny 1, the only thing we knew about her was she was the emblem and shader lady. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of this character progression has only come about since Destiny 2. Yeah. So it's amazing, last, though. In and just the last year and a half. Yeah. I'm super excited for more, like we were talking about last week. Now that Kate is gone, um, they've been really just showing a lot of character progression for multiple characters and definitely excited for more uh, stories like this and, and just more info on characters we may have looked at as you know not as important or not as big um or you know honestly potentially not even um caring if they had a backstory (laughs) you know i'm sure when you were playing d1 you weren't thinking what is eva levante's backstory (laughs) no not at all you know exactly you know when i see tess in the tower i'm not like i want to know more about her sleeperbot was the only one we cared about in d1 (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know so it's like you just you don't think about that um and even now after reading the eva levante stories and learning a little bit more about hers and tess's friendship i'm like oh well what's out there about tess you know now i'd like to know more about her yep her uncle manor yeah the only thing i know about her is she's got a crazy uncle named fenchurch (laughs) <laughs> we'll talk about that sometime I'll have to show you all about Tess there Mrs. Ivan yeah Let's see, I, I'm really enjoying this book yeah very nice and it's it's a nice hopeful little book when you look at destiny as a whole you know it's all about dark and gritty stories and this yes. one's just it's full of hope I was just going to say, yeah, it's definitely, it's like a little bit of light in between. We've had so much like darkness and it sounds like the story might be taking a, even a darker toll, you know, uh, Oren possibly is coming back. The last word quest is happening soon. Uh, Her next DLC is all about the drifter who we know is um, working at some, in some way with the shadows of yore against Shin. So I have a feeling that we're coming up against uh, darker times as as guardians there's rumors of d3 about us being able to be dark guardians and all kinds of stuff so i really like that uh, every once in a while we have a nice little little break and we have some some lighter things going on yeah all right if we're uh, i'm ready to move on if you guys are all right the next card is the dawning on the stormy seas. 
Every dawning, I received many greeting cards from customers. The ones I treasure the most contain stories about how people all across our solar system observed the holiday. One of my favorite letters came from someone who was a customer of mine but once. Lady Sloan, stoneborn, out on Titan, one of Saturn's moons. Dear Ava, happy dawning. First, thanks for the, the delivery. All the requisitions arrived in perfect condition, and you did a great job packaging up the chicken. More on that later. We tried decorating the railings outside our command center with the garlands, but the fallen have been using the lights for target practice. I guess we'll be getting some more next year and prettying up the break room instead. A couple of the dawning lanterns got whipped away in the wind, too. We're not known for our clement weather out here on the methane seas. Some guardians who've been helping me out on Titan mentioned that you like to hear about dawning traditions outside the city. So here's how we celebrate on the this moon we call home. This year, I let the, the crew off duty early, 1,600 hours, and took a whole off hour off myself so we could have ourselves a little dawning soiree in our command center. Siren's watch has got quite a view of the waves and some floating platforms, so we pushed our break room tables together end to end and looked out at the horizon while we shared a communal feast. Seeing as the room is exposed to the elements, the glass view window broke long ago, but repairing it just hasn't been a priority. Del and Ari had to bundle up, and we had to weigh the tablecloth down with chunks of metal. I've had worse setups. Ava, it was the best meal I've had in ages. That chicken, delicious. Every one of us got to try a piece. We cut our protein rations into fun shapes, and once we got your taffy warmed up enough to chew, it was heaven. We exchanged dawning gifts as well. Somebody even cross-stitched me an inspirational quote to hang in my quarters. Where's my beacon? It's an inside joke. Decent tools, heavy ammo, thick socks. Those are the kinds of gifts that change hands out here. Maybe that doesn't impress people accustomed to the dawning in the tower, but those presents have worth to us. When we joined hands afterward, whether for warmth or just conviviality, we got to talking in a way we never really had before. I don't think I've ever voluntarily shared stories about my, myself in my life. We talked about who we were before the Red War, where we came from, and even where we might want to go in the future. It's not easy here on this storm-tossed moon. One jolt and you're tumbling off a platform into eternity. Between the fallen and the hive and the elements, we are always just struggling to stay alive. But as we sat there chatting, we felt alive. I guess I wrote all this just to say thank you, Ava, for reminding us to take a moment to appreciate and rejoice, no matter what. I find that inspiring. Sincerely, Sloan.
I have never left Earth, and Titan sounds like a very interesting place. But reading how this holiday has brought people together in such faraway places, I feel all my efforts have been worth it. I hope to see Sloan again someday. And that was obtained from the Alcane Draggy Cookies. <clears throat> yeah, I'm curious how she got chicken, a titan. How long in Destiny time does it take to get to Titan? Because that is some well-packaged food. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on your, your connection. I mean, if you're going Wi-Fi, it's maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Digital chicken? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that is no, it's, you're funny. I see what you did there. No one said it was pre-cooked. It could have been pre-packaged and seasoned and cooked there. Yeah, I guess. There's just not much on Titan, man. Oh, my gosh. I like that she said she's had worse before when she had to wait down the tablecloth because the window was broken. Right? I'm just assuming that's the room where Sloan is just chilling. If you run back in there, there's like a downstairs yeah. little area and stuff. So I just see them in front of the window, pushing all those tables that are just kind of thrown together. Like, it's just crazy to think about how that's, like, their 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 lunchroom, practically. That, like, trashy area that looks like everything's still shot up and destroyed. So, With they definitely fallen, are not... Just, like, outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah right fallen, outside. taking target practice. Oh, my God, that was hysterical. They're literally, like, right down there from when you spawn in, so... I just love that. She was like, I guess next year, you know, we'll decorate the break room instead. <laughs> right, there's a... <laughs> So it's a lost cause now. They're all destroyed, but uh, next year. <laughs> no, I just love how heavy ammo is in that list of <laughs> gifts. Yeah. Hey, man, best gifts are the ones you need. Thick socks right. and heavy ammo. Yeah, best gifts right. are the necessity. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could have uh, heavy ammo. Um, The crap. No, I can't even think of the word. I wish so I could get heavy ammo. Synthesis. Yes, I wish I had heavy ammo. Synthesis. I knew exactly like, where you were going. That's what I feel like in that. Uh, now, wonder we don't have any of it. Going to Titan. <laughs> Alrighty, are you two ready to move on to our last card? Yeah, I do believe so. All right. It is titled Celebrate Each Other. I had heard of the Exodus colony ships before. I didn't remember much about them. Just one of those names from history lessons that sticks with you. To tell you the truth, I had forgotten about it until more recently, when some guardians told me they found one of them crashed on Nessus and explained what had happened to failsafes. I understand they were originally one AI, the ship's navigational intelligence, but with time, they separated. It sounds to me like one of them is always happy, and the other one is always sad. That's no way to live for either of them. These things must exist in balance. I know they're computers, but I worry for them. One guardian in particular spoke to me recently about the time he told the failsafes about the dawning festival. He had just turned some bounties into them and mentioned that he was excited to get back to Earth to participate in the festivities. They stopped him and asked him to explain what that meant. 
they'd never heard of the dawning. He said something to the effect of, it's a winter celebration that combines several old earth traditions. They responded, I will try to word this exactly as he did, since he prided himself on his imitation of them. They responded by the happy one saying, according to my database, Earth's winter occurs when one hemisphere is oriented away from the sun. Why do you celebrate being cold? Then the sad one said, I mean, I can't feel cold, but it sounds awful. So this guardian said something like, it's more that we're celebrating each other, which I love because that is how I've always thought of it as well. We're all here together eating sweets and being with each other. The fail-safes asked a few more questions, and then the happy one said, If we are celebrating each other, how can I participate in the dawning? I am all alone. It is very depressing. The sad one said, I'm not going to celebrate the fallen. My guardian friend thought quickly and said, You can wish every guardian that comes out to Nessus a happy dawning. Celebrate with us. We would love that. That seemed to cheer both of them up a bit. So I'm glad he thought to say it. Apparently, they practiced wishing him a happy dawning for the better part of an hour. So I expect they're quite good at it now. Go visit them if you have a chance. Being far from the city shouldn't stop anyone from having a pleasant dawning. And for this, we got infinite forest cake. They spent an hour wishing him a happy hot dawning. <laughs> I could totally see that. Have a happy dawning. Whatever. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I could just see the hunter sitting there and going, happy failsafe, you got this. Sad failsafe, you need to work on your game. Yeah, I just love that. I am all alone. It is very depressing. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed reading this card. (laughs) I love failsafe. A lot. Yeah, I've always... I know she co- she comments on that they're just computers. I've always uh, viewed them in, in Halo terms as a as smart AI, but uh, sometimes the things that they say lead me to wonder how much intelligence is really there. Right. <laughs> and like the sad thing is, as you're reading this, I'm hearing it in their voices. Yeah, exactly. It's so perfectly <laughs> laid out, man. It's a good card. It kind of reminds me back when we did ghost stories. And there was that one ghost that, like, everything was just great. And then that one ghost oh, that was, like, Peaches pissed about life. Yeah. Peaches and Balthazar. At least if they don't have balance within themselves, you know, the happy and sad fail-safe at least have balance within each other. And I love how we they worded that, too, because, you know, we always just think of fail-safe as the name. But it was like, and explain what happened to its fail-safes. Literally, it was like fail-safes for the ship. It was the ship's fail-safes that have now turned into yeah. a really snarky AI that is the vendor for the planet. I freaking love the snarky one. Like I do love how we got fail-safes. That, that, that is, like, my my spirit animal. <laughs> I thought Eva was I your rem- spirit animal. No, both of those are. Because she, is you're my, she is my soul sister. Sassy and snarky all the time. And fail-safe is my spirit animal. The 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 I mean the negative the <laughs> negative Nancy of failsafe. I remember you, when, when I first started playing D two, and we were doing all this stuff, and I was like, "Who the heck is this bitch?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" And I just started getting really snarky, like back at her, 
And Hyven was like, oh, God, like, this is, oh, no, yes. too much, too much. <laughs> right. Hey, that's, that was, that's like your guardian's reaction. I guess that's why they don't put dialogue in. Because some <laughs> people would probably be like, oh, this is so awesome. And then there's people like you who are all like, what did you just say to me? Yeah. Let's go, brah. Right. Yeah. So Can much. Right. Outside? <laughs> oh my. That's our last card for this week. That is the first half of the cards. There's so many different vendors that yeah, we had to split it into two. Everybody except Vance. Yeah, poor Brother Vance. I kind of just forget Brother Vance exists, though, to be honest. Everyone Hi. forgets he exists. <laughs> we put him from our mind. It's because he was so hyped in D1, man. He was such a like important part. I visited him every week. And now, like, now that we know and that he doesn't actually represent boy. Osiris. Yeah, he's just a fanboy. Not as interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they should bring back a Curse of Osiris some way through him. And that would give him some hype again. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, that's the first half. So in the next week, we'll finish up these cards. And the week after that, have a little bit more of an exciting topic. A little bit of a, I don't know. There's are definitely cards about it, but a little bit more of a discussion on just Guardians being rezzed for the first time, what their memories are. So we're still researching some stuff for that. But that'll definitely be an interesting episode. But uh, tune in next week as we finish up the Dawning cards. Yeah, um, if you, now that you know what our thoughts are on episode nine and where we're going with it, um, if in the next week after you listen, you've got some ideas or you've got a good card that applies, again, you know, shoot us a message via email or Twitter. Um, yeah, we'd sure love it. for your input. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have been thinking about this. It kind of stemmed for us just on the fact that uh, Aldrin is back. Um, and, you know, how much does he remember? Exactly. A lore, nothing. So uh, it'll be an interesting conversation, and we appreciate any thoughts uh, we can add into the discussion. Yeah, make it more, make it more for everyone when we include your thoughts and uh, your opinions. So again, definitely send us some stuff if uh, if you've got any ideas, because we're always looking for some new additions to to what we can talk about. And just remember that that our Twitter is at guardians underscore lore and the email is guardians underscore lore at outlook.com yeah and i'm sure elements when you post this it'll it'll probably be in some form of the the description or below however you do that you're the technical one i can work twitter but i can't post a podcast (laughs) and see i can post the podcast but i can't work twitter That's why we all have our roles. <laughs> and I'm useless. <laughs> no, you you pre-explain things in the episode that I don't know. That's where you're here for. <laughs> right? I literally was just like, I want to do a lore podcast. Elmas, you want to do one with me? And he was like, sure. I'll do the legwork. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll, real I'll find quick, my just, extra role. Got a shout out to Elemis there as far as the legwork he really does for this sure, podcast. He does um, everyone every week. really should know. I mean, he puts together our show notes and I mean, he's already working on show notes for episode nine and we're just finishing up seven here. So he, he does an amazing job with, uh, with assisting and 
and taking care of all of that and shout out to you there appreciate you in-house shout out (laughs) (laughs) but yeah speaking of shout outs want to go ahead and finish up with our shout outs um yeah mrs hyven you want to start with shout outs for the evening Absolutely. I personally, and for our whole podcast, would love to shout out our new Twitter followers and the subscribers that we have received um, via our Twitter that has been up for the last week. We have had amazing response to it. Um, I've had direct messages, mentions, um, all kinds of things. Um, you guys are so responsive and I love hearing from you. Literally anytime I get something, I'm like screenshotting it and sending it to Hyven and Elemis as well. Um, just, just to show them, you know, the support and response that we're getting. Uh, we officially hit over a hundred followers today. Uh, we officially have hit over a hundred subscribers and, you know, we love, 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 love the lore. Um, and so anyone was going to listen to this, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. We really just did this like, cause we talked like Hyben and Elemis had talked to it, uh, talked about it a bit in in a clan discord and people were like, whoa, 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 I don't have time to read this all. Can y'all just like put this in a podcast so I can listen. And it's turned into something amazing for us. And we really just want to tell everyone how much we appreciate appreciate you <laughs> just like Elmas. so um thank you so much and again i know we've mentioned it a couple of times but it's because we really want to make this podcast for you guys too uh, so you love it as much as we do but feedback 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 so we can just make it as as amazing for you guys as it is for us for sure how about you elements any shout out specific uh honestly i want to shout out you guys i mean oh. yeah i may do the the show notes and some of the legwork but like me alone this podcast would be so dry (laughs) so it's it's both of you that are helping to bring this you know into an actual listenable state yeah some we all brought a little bit of format which helped you know almost we're winging it for the first couple (laughs) right yeah. Awesome, man. Well, now I feel like I need to shout out all you guys, too, both our listeners and you two for a good podcast. Like I said, this thing's grown so much. We're really excited. Um, you know, it's kind of been on our minds this past week as we're seeing this growth. I mean, a lot of, of good stuff. And I just wanted to give a shout out myself personally uh, to uh, Guardian Radio. I'm sure that anyone listening to us has heard of Guardian Radio. And, you know, it was recently announced that they're doing their last episode um, you know, regardless of what the circumstances are, uh, Guardian Radio, Radio is one of the podcasts that, um, you know, encouraged me to want to do a lore podcast. I've been listening to it only almost from the start. Uh, Destiny was a big game for me, um, just like it was for them before it even came out. Uh, so, yeah, they really paved the way for, I would say, almost all Destiny podcasts. Um, yep. But uh, even though they weren't lore specific, it was definitely a big thing. Um, it was definitely a weekly podcast that I always listen to first. So uh, definitely going to miss them, but definitely uh, hope that, you know, everything's okay with everyone and they'll always live it down in history, man. And I, I agree with that. Uh, I'm definitely going to miss listening to them on my morning commute, but I know that they're moving on to bigger, better things. 
and I mean, I wanted to thank him because that's how I found my current clan. Yeah, same. Well, a little bit sad. It is sad, man. I was, I was. <laughs> I can speak I was like, personally to Hyven's reaction. He was truly devastated. That was I, like the worst. The tweet news came up I, on my feed, and I said something about it, and he was like, "What?" And had already heard. I was in a party with him and a couple others, and they were talking about it. And this was like news to me while I'm playing Destiny. And I was like, hold up, I haven't listened to the episode. Nobody said anything about this. Yeah, yeah. I was still talking about it. This they morning, say so. you know where you were when you hear a significant person in the world has died. I think Elamist will always remember the day he heard this tweet. Right. Unfortunately. It's like Same. it's on like and not even in a joking way, but like it's honestly, you know, I can tell it really like hit you guys hard. Personally, I've only heard some of their podcasts being in the car with Hyven. Um but you remember they read one. my email on podcast once yes, and it oh was even I, I was too nervous I to write about, about like anything other than just some I, I think I wrote about like trying to get a nice four K monitor for my yeah, my Xbox did. and it and wasn't about lore, it wasn't about the game and it was like mm-hmm. I had just been shouted out by the most famous person ever. I like made Mrs. Yeah. Hyven really He nerded it. out so hard. He like <laughs> called me and was like, Oh my gosh, I was just listening to the podcast. He was like, They even mentioned that I mentioned in what I wrote that I can't buy it this year because you know, I just got married and I paid for a honeymoon instead and da da da. And I didn't think they were gonna read everything. It I was so funny because they even mentioned that. They were like, Congrats, man, like they even shouted out our marriage. <laughs> well, hopefully I'm going to have to go through some to... of their old episodes now. Yeah, man. <laughs> hopefully I can get uh, to Guardian Con and hopefully they'll still all be there. Um, that's definitely something I'm trying to... Now that we do a podcast there, Mrs. Hyven, I feel like you are I more want to go to Guardian, Guardian Con so much. Like, I well, already like wanted to, to go ticket. some. Yeah, so. but now I'm like, oof. Yeah. Now I'm like really feeling it. Um, I want to go meet other lore nerds too. Like I might not even, I might not be a hard cake, hardcore gamer, but I have just absolutely fallen head over heels in love with lore. And when I get Twitter messages where people, you know, like, will be like, Hey, thanks for like today. I got one. It said, Hey, thanks for the follow. Um, you know, and they like tag me like as a lore nerd or something like that. And I was like, I am, I love it. Like, <laughs> Welcome I was, like to I'm the group. not a gamer, but like, let's talk lore. <laughs> Yeah, man. I was so touched when she picked up my lo- my new lore book, the new Grimoire book that uh, Bungie published, and said, can I read this? I was like, yes. Just you don't open so the pages too far. So put it don't fit any of the pages. She was like, I'm going to go to Ishtar Collective. You're too particular <laughs> of your books. I was like, it's just so pristine. She was like, it basically has to <laughs> but I was proud like of you. never been open or read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little dramatic, but. Yeah. Uh, I love that book. Oh, man. Well, Mrs. Hyven, you you can come borrow mine. There we go. Yeah. His is gonna have like research on it. He'll he'll be the person he'll have who's it like highlighted. And highlighting. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that hurts me, but I understand it. <laughs> there are really two good. kinds of people. Like I, I'm I honestly thinking about going to pick up a second one just so that I could do like highlighting. That is actually a good point. That is a good Boy, point. I would do that. Notes wherever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but oh, anyways. I'm a girl all the way. But yeah. <laughs> yeah oh man anywho <laughs> thanks well, for letting us ramble here a little at the end there's you guys. our shout out ramble i mean we still don't really have a proper sign off for our podcast so it's kind of just when we want to stop talking pretty much i mean yeah. same time next week you guys <laughs> yeah we'll but we're still time. we're still working on a logo and maybe we will work on some type of intro and outro yeah. maybe uh 
Maybe we can sing it. Ooh, um, I don't think any of us here are particularly good in that department. We'd have to bring in a fourth for that. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, if anyone has any ideas for uh, logos, entry, outro, music, anything like yeah. that. Yeah, anybody musically talented. That would be really appreciated. See you all right. Guys. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you all next week. Take care.